fear the talking queers. Well, 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 look who it is. Clickety-clack, the bad bitch is back. <laughs> oh, she is back in the house. Guess who's back in the house? <laughs> it's you, it's bitch. Me, bitch. Frankie, <laughs> Frankie is back. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I just had so much going on in my life, and I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I just could not. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay i don't have enough going on in my life so i was like sure i can do <laughs> i could do this yeah thank you so much for you know keeping this ship afloat thank you hey i do i do what i can you know? yeah of course for the, for the love of horror you know yes. the love of horror movies exactly thank you to alex thank you to miss leilani lopez yes uh what an all-star cast we've had and you know what that just ex- it's just expanding our little family you yes. know it was just you and i but now we have children exactly <laughs> no it's like don't fear just these talking queers fear all the talking queers <laughs> i have a question for okay. you do you like country music <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, wait. There's a few songs that I do like. Okay, what's your favorite? Okay. Um, not Old Town Road. No. No, no, no. Not Old Town Road. Um, <laughs> but I do like some Lil Nas X, I will admit. I don't know oh, what yeah. it is about his voice. I don't think I've heard any... I don't heard, I don't think I've heard any other song other than Old Town Road. Oh, you... Oh, I've heard Panini, Panini in the background. Um, my favorite is um, the one he has with Nas. Nas and Lil Nas X. Right. That's too confusing. I know, but, you know, I, and I forget what it's called. So forget it. Skip it. But I do <laughs> like Lil Nas X. Okay. That's my favorite country star. And then, um, oh, um, Ms. Dolly Parton. Oh, of course. I mean, we can't forget well, she's that the- she's the first one who sang. And I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't forget. Uh, no, she, yeah, she wrote I, "I Will Always Love You." No, Dolly Parton is a queen. Oh, she wrote it. Um, oh, she, yeah, she wrote it, sang it. What do you think? You think Whitney wrote that? Hell no. But I thought you know that she didn't write it either. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jolene. No, jo- oh, great song. Yes. Don't take my man. Right. Jolene, I mean, I Jolene. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Dolly. Um, I don't know, like I don't really like country male artists. I like no. I do I don't hate country music. In fact, there's a lot that I do like, but I don't like male country music. I feel like that like they all sound the same. Yes. It like I couldn't tell you one person for the next. Well, like, I, don't I know. can't I can't tell person? that goes for women too. I can't tell the difference between Carrie Underwood and Miranda, oh, hell Miranda no. Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, but no, Casey Musgrave I'm a huge Casey Musgraves fan. Um, See, I don't know her. I've seen her on Drag Race. Oh, and I'm like, who is yes. this? Cynthia Lee Fontaine? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Wait, they do sort of uh I love Casey. Casey is she's our yeah, she said gay rights with her this whole like last era she had you know golden hour her album is one of my favorite albums 
Um, and there's a little dis, you know, little disco country. Okay. Like I can get into it. And then I also love it's just like Brandy Carlisle. You know, she's our she's our queer country female artist. She's more like kind of like Americana, like bluegrassy. But um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding? No. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I like that artist that you just introduced me to. Oh, Orville Peck. Yes. Ah, uh, I'm never heard of him Orville until Peck. you told me about him, and now he, I can't well, stop I mean, looking. I mean, he's new on the scene, but he is, I think, destined for great things, and underneath that you know flying spaghetti monster mask that he wears um i think he's probably real sexy and he's like a canadian ballet dancer who's now don't tell me that's fucking brooklyn heights under there oh i know <laughs> could you imagine it's fucking oh my brooklyn. God, brooklyn heights oh my god speaking of are you caught up on canada's dragons i am i am do you like it it's messy <laughs> it is so it's so season season two, two. Season, season two it's very reminiscent of season two i think the cast is phenomenal though i do think the cast is good i you know i do but i do think that the production quality oh, is that of like early drag race they don't even yeah. they don't even have the, the the courtesy to give them like that beautiful filter that's on drag no, race like no like it's, poor it's Brooklyn. crunchy it's crunchy um poor well first of all and you know they're all amazing but like is there no wig stylist in all of canada because their wigs are garbage a hotty ass mess yeah and this whole this whole last runway was wig themed and it was like that was rough that was rough so rough you know i actually appreciate the freshness of it though because drag race is so polished now that it's like oh, it's, and it's so it's produced not now. as enjoyable. Like I used to like when they would just be walking around oh. in mall clothes and shake and go. Oh, wigs. when it was raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, <laughs> Mystique Summers Madison <laughs> country couture realness, her mall country wear. Oh my god, that is like what a classic outfit. Not only did do you remember that? Like I feel like I recently saw some of season two. Like I think my roommate yeah. was watching it and just seeing the difference about what was like acceptable on the runway of drag race compared to what's acceptable now. Oh. Like what Mystique Summers Madison wore for that country couture <laughs> to ru- runway with that like that JC Penny purple top and like those black you know what I'm talking about this black spandex like kind of gaucho Yes. Yes. You don't remember and then she had actually she had worn the same top in the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> like See, I it's like, uh, but I appreciate those days because that's before right. oh, because drag race was the elevated gold. drag race. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. like everybody So it ha- it had to start somewhere. Yes, exactly. Now drag is almost uh, something that's unattainable whereas before everybody could do it. Now it's like nope. Only triple threats. But also but also but also on the flip side it's almost like everybody is now doing it or like there are so many right exactly because it's so mainstream and because they it's so easy to become a a makeup artist now just with social media and what people are able to you know find online as far as how to make themselves look like these incredible drag queens like that kind of stuff wasn't available before i'd say what season five six of drag race yeah 
Like, so it was a di- it, so now they there's just so many more resources to make incredibly polished look looks. There's like no excuse now for looking, yeah. looking like busted. Right. Whereas before it was like, well, duh. They didn't have some 13 year old on YouTube telling them how to fucking contour their face. Right. Like, exactly. Now we're know? light years ahead of where we were 10 years ago. So yeah. who are you rooting for in Canada's Drag Race, or who do you like? Uh, it's I too early. To I root. love Jim. I love Jimbo. I love Jimbo. <laughs> I love That's my Jimbo. pick for the like, win so far. I I think she is great. I, she is so funny. Her Nancy Grace <laughs> that she did for the mini challenge yes. was gold. Gold. So good. So good. It was thought out. It was well done. She did not break character once. Yes. And, you know... I, and then some other bitches I like, had, couldn't even read the teleprompter. Oh, so. my God. That challenge was so funny. It reminded me of America's Next Top Model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, when they had to read. That's when Tiffany got Yelled at. Is that when yeah. Tiffany got eliminated? Because she gave up. Because she couldn't yeah. read. And that's not her fault. I mean, one of many in America that have that problem. But, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life yelled at like a girl this. like this. <laughs> I'm like, don't yell at her. But um, I don't know. I also like Priyanka. I am actually, she's grown on me. I wasn't sure at first. She was too much. I thought maybe she was first. like, she, I thought she was too excited. Jan. You know, I was like, okay, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, no try. I mean. No shade. No tea, no shade. Trying too hard. <laughs> no tea, no shade. But, you know, that sort of like that coming on very strong yes. energy. But honestly, she killed this last challenge. And she was the only one with a decent hair look. Like, there was, like, oh, maybe one it. or two. Yeah. She looked like Doja Cat po- in the Boss Bitch video, kind of. Yeah, it's her, her little poom-pooms. Yeah, her little poom-pooms. Her little poom-pooms. <laughs> and then um, I also like Lemon. I think she's so cute. I like Lemon, too. Uh, me, too. I right, I, Literally, I lo- those are my, yeah, Jimbo, Priyanka, and Lemon. Lemon's so I do like- fresh. Like, like, she's still a baby drag queen. She kind of reminds right. me of Adore Delano. Not in yeah. the aesthetics or of any way, but just like the fresh, young, ingenue, fan favorite yeah. type. Like, yeah, new to, the, new to the scene, but, you know, really strong. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like Lemon, too. Honestly, the worst part about Canada's Drag Race is that fucking judges panel. The like, guest host the... leading the conversation is appalling. It's so weird. Like... God bless Deborah Cox and all these people and who are trying their best. Oh yeah, <laughs> House like, of Wax fame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so strange. And Brooklyn, she is a beautiful drag queen, but she does not have the charisma to host a show. No, I'm sorry, she doesn't. She's, uh, not that RuPaul doesn't have an earpiece. Like obviously, she has an earpiece, but like. I don't know. You have to have a certain, a certain quality about you. You have to have a certain like natural well, quality. I, you know, she might be able to find that maybe if she gets invited to guest host or to host the next season. But I feel like right now they're trying so hard for them to be RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's not because RuPaul is yeah not there on the judges panel, and they use those RuPaul isms to like eliminate girls and to talk yeah. to, and I'm like that's the, not your the thing sashay away Shantae used to no like, like the yeah. like you know like the on the runway you were this but and you oh, know yeah, like, and the challenge you were that you know it's like 
I hate that. I hate that they're forcing them to read lines right. to judge these that's girls. That's what I'm saying. Right, but then also it's like somebody like Brooklyn, she doesn't have the natural capability to do that on her own. So the only way to make the show work is if they're literally telling her every single second what to do, what to say. Like, And to be honest, I don't, I don't think Jeffrey Boyer Chapman does either. Ugh, no, not at all. And, you know, he does like a little bit better, but he also comes across like he's That's because he's acting. cute. He's very cute, but he is coming. He comes across like he's acting, yes. like he's like, oh, it's like eyebrows to the to the camera. Well, I'm like, are you oh, playing? Right, are me. you are you auditioning to play RuPaul, or are right. you Jeffrey Boyer Chapman like, on the house stand? I don't get it. Right. He's like he's like trying to play the part of a host. He's not right. hosting. And then what the hell is her name? Stacy McKenzie. Don't come Stacey for McKenzie. her. I like Stacy. I like Stacy, but what the fuck does she know about? I mean, I guess she knows runway and she knows fashion. I, but I think she, that I we mean, kind of talked about this. It, it's like Brooklyn's there to judge the drag. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman's there because he's an actor, and then Stacy McKenzie's there because she's a model. So it's like these three things that they constantly challenge them to do. And I'm like, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm like, where was Celine Dion? Was she not available? <laughs> Yeah, come on. Where the hell was Can Celine? Can you imagine Celine Dion as a permanent oh. judge in Canada's Drag Race? Oh, my God. As a permanent judge? That would be hysterical. Oh, my God. She would. What would that even be? She would just be on a tangent, not even judge them. Just start talking yeah, about like, whatever. I don't know. I just love it. I just love it. You look so fabulous. Ooh. She's yeah. like, <laughs> She'd be like, this outfit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just love it. It's so, so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Brooklyn so should go on there and pretend to be Celine again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because that went the last well. thing we need. After that Woof. horrific. I, I just don't understand. I don't think that the drag queen on the judges panel necessarily had to be Canadian. I think it could have been Bianca or even Bob or somebody of stature that has yeah. won drag. They're like, who's the. Who's the one Canadian drag queen we know? Well, Brooklyn Heights. Let's give her an entire show to host when she lost almost every single acting challenge. Like she, her thing was that she was a ballet dancer. She could dance and she was very pretty. Right. Out of the charisma, uniqueness, and she nerve, make and it, talent and she, it takes to win the show. She had talent Unt. That's, and dancing talent. Oh yeah, I guess. She I mean, had, not to knock had, her, not to knock her. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I don't. Stunning. She, yeah, she, what she does is great. I think what Brooklyn Heights does is great, but I don't think she is first of all qualified yet. She didn't even win her season, right? <laughs> and like, which I you know, whatever. Like, but is she really the most prominent, famous drag queen in Canada? I would have gotten. I don't think that the, they necessarily all have to be Canadian. I think it could have yeah, been. Yeah, why couldn't they get Lady get Lady, Lady Bunny? Bunny? Is exactly what Hello. I was going to say, Lady Bunny. But really, any if they wanted to do Rue Girl, just to have that familiarity, I think that any of the winners would have gladly taken that spot. Sure, a winner or one of the Rue stars, like Brooke, like I don't know. Like somebody who is able to have a life after Drag Race because of their charisma, right? Alaska, Bob, I, Bianca. Yes, one of these like the stars of Drag Race who can, Alyssa, like anybody, <laughs> like. <laughs> that would can you be imagine great. Alyssa? 
That would have been fucking great. And so, opportunity missed Canada. But I am enjoying it. Yeah. I am enjoying I'm it. I'm surprised at it, how it, country Canada is. Oh, it's almost yeah, like the I, Midwest. I yeah, I think they all live in the forest. So, but um, they're not like redneck people. Yeah. They're like different. No. But, um, speak, speaking of redneck people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about you. Yeah. How's your summer going? <laughs> ah, how dare <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Let's talk about our movie this week. Oh, what do we got in my store? God. We are talking about my number two favorite movie of all time. And I, we have so much to get into, so we better get started. Um, that is shocking to me. I will say that. I know because it's not yours. I don't even think it's on your list no. of favorites. Huh? Not anywhere close. I don't think that many people share the passion I have for this movie with me i know i don't right and so i'm there i'm just really curious to see what you I have think to that say I'm about this one movie of the, i will win you over watch okay all right all right I'll, i'm i'm down for the challenge so in case you guys don't know or haven't picked up or haven't listened to our intro video go back no i'm just kidding um we're talking about <laughs> turn this know, off right now we're talking about the texas chainsaw massacre 2003 directed by marcus nispel nipsel nispel Nip slip. Nip, nip, right. Nip slip. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to try to say his name again. Okay. So uh, produced by Michael Bay, who is, you know, notorious uh, for making horrific reboots of anything. Um, <laughs> of, yeah. Anything he touches. So first, before we get into anything, before I try to win you over, we need to go through the synopsis of what this movie is about. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. <laughs> After buying a piñata of weed in Mexico, <laughs> a group of five friends, Aaron, played by Jessica Biel, of Seventh Heaven fame, her boyfriend Kemper, Eric Balfour, his friends Morgan, played by Jonathan Tucker, Andy, played by Mike Vogel, and a hitchhiker they picked up in El Paso, Pepper, played by Erica Learson, make their way up to Dallas, Texas for a Leonard Skinner concert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On the way, they nearly run over a girl who seems completely distraught. They offer her a ride home after hearing her mumble repeatedly that she wants to go home. While in the car, the girl is in emotional distress as she cries to the group that they're taking her the wrong way. They stop the van and she pulls a gun out from between her legs, puts the barrel in her mouth, and shoots herself. Where the hell was that gun? (laughs) (laughs) In her coochie. I was like, she's wearing this like pocketless dress, and then she's just like, boop boop. Here it is. Yeah, here's my gun. Um, and then POV shot of them screaming, and the the camera pulls out from the back of her head. Yeah. Oh my god, that is one of my favorite shots from a horror movie. I don't know how it can with just be. with Jessica Biel screaming with her hands by her face. Yeah. She's like, ah! like this. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like pulsing. <laughs> yes. Um, the group screams in shock before clamoring to figure out what they'll do with her. While Morgan and Andy vote to dump her body, Aaron and Pepper think that they should call the police to tell them what's happened and the body can be properly taken care of. They find themselves in a small off-road Texas town where they wait for the sheriff to collect the body. After hours, Aaron and Kemper are led by a young disheveled man. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) A young disheveled boy named Jedediah. (laughs) That creepy kid from the ring. Yeah. 
but in this one, he's a creepy kid with bad teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're led to the sheriff's decrepit house where they meet a perverted amputee. <laughs> Kemper soon finds himself the first victim, bludgeoned in the head by our lead antagonist, Leatherface, played by Andrew Brynarski. Um... I say that because I'm not sure that's how it's pronounced, but that's how it's spelled. (laughs) (laughs) A horrific story begins to unfold as the characters find themselves being murdered one by one, tortured by Leatherface, his meat hooks, his chainsaw, and his family. There is nowhere to run. Every character in this town is a member of the murderous family known as the Hewitts. Erin ends up being our sole survivor after she leads Leatherface on a chilling chase, ending with her driving off, running over the sheriff on her way out. Ugh, what a heartwarming holiday story. Yeah, I, you know, I think of it as a tale of five young friends going on a summer adventure. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's like Stand By Me (laughs) or Stranger Things. A real coming of age. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this movie is just excessively unpleasant and gross and just i don't know it's it just why do you tell me why i want to hear your explanation about why you love it okay i love this movie because it gave me the proof i needed to know that humanity sucks (laughs) you needed proof no you know what it was i saw this when it first came out so i had to be 11 turning 12 and um I found it to be the right amount of violence for me to know Mm -hmm. that was the world outside of mine. Like that, this could happen. And so to me, I don't know, I just find it disturbing. Like you said, I find it disturbing, but in a good way. I don't know. I I really don't know. I I do. I mean, I do think that it is a very dark film. Like, and I think that aesthetically, like it, it really hits all the marks to make you feel equally like grossed out, uncomfortable, you know, like when you get into one of those towns that are sort of like that, I feel like you're sort of on edge because you, there's kind of a stigma about like backwoodsy people. In fact, I even read an, (laughs) actually read an article about this today Yeah, about, and 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 it kind of made me laugh, but it was like the Appalachian people, like the people that live sort of they're like hill like hillbilly people basically right right um and how they feel like movies like especially post wrong turn Mm -hmm. solidified this stigma that that people that live in that those areas are all like incestuous evil cannibal people (laughs) well those stories didn't come from nowhere (laughs) yeah i know literally and it's so funny we um we actually, me and my roommates, since we're in, you know locked down and we're watching just like a movie yeah. or two a night, um, we just we happen to come across Deliverance. Have you seen Deliverance? Um, no, but I've heard of it. Yeah, Notorious. So Deliverance is a movie that I actually wanted to reference back when I uh, did the, the Descent episode because the Descent was actually really heavily influenced by. Um, deliverance but you know i didn't get around to talking about it but um i think that this is also like a great a great example of like a deliverance probably inspired film which and deliverance is like a 1970s film starring burt reynolds about a group of like city people who who are on some sort of like backwoods appellation 
rafting trip where they run into some crazy mountain people who are murderous and rapey and you know they have to escape these people and um you know so i think this is the texas chainsaw massacre 2003 is very much like in the same vein of that like hillbilly horror yeah you know Yes, it is. You see it in Wrong Turn. You see it in The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You see it in yeah. The Last House on the Left. You see it... Um, the Devil's Rejects, the House of Thousand Corpses. The Devil's Rejects, yes. That's, ooh, that's my movie. <laughs> you see it in every single Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> yes, you literally. Halloween 2009. He, he's made, he's made a... Yeah, he's cornered the market on a trailer trash horror. <laughs> yeah. That's for that's for damn sure. I, first of all, love the cinematography of this movie. The, right. Well, I, it's great. The director of photography is Daniel Pearl, who also did the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, um, which is so cool. I think that's such like a such an interesting thing about this story is that so many people felt so strongly about wanting to get a remake done well that they came back to film the this remake because it it was so dear to them yeah and marcus nispel had already been working with him in music videos and things like that because they have kind of that same craving of aesthetic the high contrast the yeah the sepia tone grungy looks i love the way they they made this movie look like it looks yeah, like very, a hot ve- summer day in the country yeah. or in a, on a ranch or something yeah no yeah it has a very like grind housey like gritty feel to it yes um, which i i try which i do really appreciate i do i do think the mu- movie is beautifully shot beautifully the, shot. and i like those scenes of like the exterior of the house like with the field in front of it and them walking towards it it is really beautifully shot and i do like you said like the the sort of colors and the that um that they chose for this film i think i'll really work for for like keeping the theme coherent and um and that timeline that that 70s when you look at pictures of the 70s i almost feel like that's what it looks like like it just because of oh, the yeah. film that cameras used to, you know, have, or over time right. the pictures age, and at that time, that's what the pictures from the '70s would look like. Polaroids, they kind of faded into that kind of look, right? Of the no, faded and the silvery and all that. So, I, uh, one of the major plots, pl- subplots of this movie or scenes of this movie is the hitchhiker scene. It is, yeah, shocking, and it's like one of the most jarring parts of this movie like you, yeah because you know you're gonna expect to see Leatherface you know you're gonna expect to see some crazy family and right. a bunch of torture but for this first 10 minutes of the movie to show a girl just blow her head off it's like <laughs> oh my god that's not what I what you expected like so it's it was totally unexpected and yeah, it really the- starts off with a bang if you know what I mean Oh shoot! Get that one. Oh shoot! Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! Wow, that took me a second. <laughs> yeah. So the movie opens up guns blazing and <laughs> yeah, literally, and, and um, and and it's shocking and it's jarring and I think the girl that Lauren German who plays the hitchhiker she does a phenomenal job. Uh, oh, opening. I, know. I just I just really wanted to give her chapstick. Yeah, she looks beat the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. So let's talk about the reason why people don't like this movie, because a lot of people don't like it. So let's yeah. talk about the reason why like, people don't like it, and I will tell you why they should change their minds. 
Okay. So one of the main things is that it is consistently compared to the original, which yes, I understand, but it's a reboot. <laughs> why would that? Why would, why they, would they do, do that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Nothing will ever be as good as the classic, the originals. Blah 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 blah. Co- yeah. I will tell you that I do not enjoy the 1970s. I know I just lost major horror. Oh my god! I do not like the original movie. I think that it did wonders for the slasher genre, for the horror genre, but personally, I do not like that movie. I I I watch it, and it is disturbing. It does have the same effect on me, but it's just not as charming. I. And I, and that's what people don't like about Texas Chainsaw 2003 is that they think it's too Hollywood. They think the actors look too glam. And I do not mind mm. that. I really don't mind that. Of course you're going to get that. You've cast people who are beautiful. You've cast, yeah. you have a big, uh, well, not a big budget, but a budget that is light years ahead of what they made the original yeah. from. So of right. course you're going to have those elements that are forced or not as organic as they were in the original um also people give a lot of credit to the original for something they didn't do intentionally which was they made it a metaphor of the world that they were living in at the time but they had this fumbling president richard nixon right they had a post world war ii middle class failing at life they were becoming marginalized people and they had that whole tension between the hippies and the hillbillies so basically the progressive hippie americans and then the old school you know meat and potatoes part of the country Hmm. literally if that texas chainsaw 2003 remake were to come out now and they had cast those five friends as black gay trans and all these other groups of people and they had Midwestern hillbillies or southern hillbillies killing them, it would be the same comparison. It would, we have, we're literally almost in the same position that we were in 1978 or nine or whatever that was. Now, like we're going, oh. our country is going through the same thing now. So right, okay. maybe this remake was not. You think it was ahead of its time? Of its is that time. what you're saying? I think that it was a rehash of that tension that wasn't happening sure. in 2003. If the movie were to come out now and they had the five friends reflective of the people that are constantly under the, that are le- under scrutiny sure. going okay. against this old mentality of like white oh, okay. supremacy or something. All right, so, you, so you're saying... Movie. Right, but okay, so then... So then the 2003 one, what do you think that there was any sort of message? No, I think the 2003 one, <laughs> no, really. I think the 2003 was a retelling of the story that we were introduced to in the 70s. And yeah. uh, the I think that they hurried to make it because the rights for it were available and they had to take advantage of it. Otherwise, somebody else would have. Wow, that's crazy. No, that's a really good observation. I do think that, like that sort of like the metaphor as maybe like that family representing that um that particular fringe type of america that um threatens the life of the young you know the youth of today 
right. and like the prog- the progressive youth, I should say. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Because that's what we're seeing literally play out on the news is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. But you think that because of when it came out, this movie wasn't able to rise above It didn't strike the chords that the the one from the 70s hit. Um, And the one from the 70s, it's the original. It's not, it didn't do it intentionally. So I don't think it really deserves that much credit. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair too. Um, a lot of people, I, but nobody criticizes the performances. Nobody criticizes the special effects. Nobody c- criticizes the cinematography. Literally, the negative reviews that I read, and they were one after the other, of course, was like, nothing like the original, nothing like the original, nothing like the original. It's like, it's not supposed mm. to be the original. It's not supposed to be like the original. It's a retelling of that same story. But I think what they did with it was really great i do appreciate that they took out the cannibalism because i think that oh yeah i was gonna ask you about that that the, that in the original seems out of place in the original i mean i kind of get where they're going with it like this the group of people struggling to survive and they're basically eating people but do you really have to go there i don't think so <laughs> I, mean, I mean and they didn't um I, th- I think one of the things about this movie that i thought was very weird was how honestly it there are like some like really graphic moments but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of not graphic moments that are that the, like the movie was obviously had to be toned down to a, probably avoid certain ratings or something but then it, like i was i felt like i was left disappointed a lot by the kills like when Pepper dies, when she gets like chainsawed, you don't see it. Ha- you just sort of see feathers flying in the air from her jacket. And I, I literally went, I literally like was like, wait, are we watching like an edited version of this like, for TV? Like I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I was like reading about it. And I was like, oh, no, I guess I didn't. Yeah. They were supposed to show and, the chainsaw going into her stomach. and Right. And then like going Morgan. Morgan's like, crotch. Yeah. Like things like that. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about that that doesn't go all the way. And it's like where it needed to go all the way, it didn't go all the way, and where it didn't really need to go all the way, it did. Because they, because, and that disconnect is from the opening being so strong and setting sure. that tone, and then right, exactly. most of the kills to follow are off screen. And you're right, like, which is like, I thought I was bluffing. But a lot of the negative critiques, again, say it's too gory. And I'm like, what is gory about it? The props, because there's no gory kills other than the opening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there were some like uncomfortable, but nothing like excessively gory, which is actually kind of surprising for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I, yeah, know, I thought the honestly the two gross people die at the hands of the chainsaw. Yeah, literally, and honestly, the grossest part of this movie is the fucking toilet that that man is <laughs> sitting next to. The man is emptying his bag into his like colostomy or his like. Oh. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch. <laughs> um, there are elements of this movie that make it great. Um, one of the uh, besides the opening, one of the other moments is after he kills Pepper, and he turns around and looks at Aaron Jessica Biel, and he's wearing Kemper's face. That's a good moment, I will say. Oh my like, god! Okay. And they give it That's just the right moment. amount of time for the audience to register that that is Kemper's face, and you're like, <gasps> yeah. I mean, yeah, that is that is a good moment. I do like that one. I did write that down. I was like, oh, 
That's a good one. Um, Arlie Ermey's performance as Sheriff Hoyt. Crazy. Unhinged. That man is, yeah, he, he that is a, that is a very committed performance. And then and, you see um, him in other things and you're like, he is that character. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, he was actually <laughs> told that this was a documentary and this please act as yourself. <laughs> My favorite moment of his character is when he tells Pepper, um, I have as much respect for a dead body as anybody in this town. And then he turns around, the guys are putting him the body in the backseat. And he's like, get that nasty fucking thing out of my <laughs> backseat of my car. Put it in the truck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ew. But then the, there's like that moment with, you know, he's like cops a feel on the dead Ew. body. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, see, that's that's what I'm saying when I say that this movie is like unpleasant just to be unpleasant. Yeah, like, well, well oh, but Jesus. you have to remember the source material is Ed Gein. Yeah, I mean, that's true, which so, is not a pleasant story, I guess. Right. Um, you know, he's like the the serial killer, the real-life serial killer who yeah. um, supposedly skinned people and made lampshades out of them. Yeah, so. Gravedigger. Oof, that's a rough story. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I think he was into that necrophilia type of... You know her, too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the scene. My favorite scene in this movie is Aaron and Pepper being attacked in the van. <laughs> oh, I did like that like when he's like chainsawing through the roof of the car and like the how the, the camera pans. It's actually... It looks like a really like cool callback to like seventy style filmmaking right there. Yes, and I thought that was really that was a really cool moment. There's something about like the panning in and out of how they do it. Just looks like an old sort of grindhouse seventies B film. I just love their performance. I love the screaming. I love the chainsaw coming through the roof with the sparks through the the Mad TV or the or the Mad oh, Magazine yeah. um, logo and just like that whole sequence uh, leading up to Pepper coming out of the car screaming her head off. And, the, <laughs> and I think what is one of the most the best screams in a slasher like her being thrown out of the car, the van yeah. and like starting to run and she just continues this scream it's almost like Regina George and Mean Girls <laughs> just like that that scream that just continues and continues until she's hit in the back with the chainsaw and the feathers are everywhere um I think she I think she, I think she, like, scre- she like screamed so loud in her audition that apparently like people in a, in an adjacent building called the police because they thought somebody was actually being murdered yeah, I think that's how she got the part. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that scream yeah, got her where she the is. The scream heard around the world. Um, <laughs> that whole sequence, though, and then and then ending with him turning around with the Eric or the Kemper mask, I'm like, yeah. ew, it's such a cringy moment. And I, I would almost compare, well, the films are on different levels. Watch what, uh, watch what the, you say. <laughs> the films are on different levels, but what I think of <laughs> when that scene happens is the kids in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> with a T-Rex coming down into the car. Oh, I mean, I guess <laughs> that I think there's a little different and you know, nuance and quality, but <laughs> you don't think the films have the same depth and range? <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe I should re-examine. Am I reaching? <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you think of Jessica Biel as our final girl? I like her a lot in this movie. I can't say much for her, any of her other work, because I literally... What other work? Just kidding. Seventh Heaven. Um, <laughs> just, just Blade, Blade, Blade Trinity. No, I know. Oh my God, I didn't even remember her in that. Um, I, well, I never even seen that. Um, so, I, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just guess Biel. I know what we're doing next week. Just yeah, <laughs> Blade Trinity, <laughs> um, <laughs> starring Wesley Snipes, Ryan Reynolds, and uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel and Park and Parker Posey's in that too. Don't oh my her. God, a, I fucking love. She's Parker actually, Posey. yeah, I love her. Why isn't she in this? Um, okay, so. <laughs> I like she would have been a great Leatherface, Jessica Biel, but I don't think she stands out amongst the pack. Like I don't hmm. see her as the star of the movie. If that makes any sense, I see the family as the star of the movie, which is yeah. bothersome because there's so many of them in this movie. I'm like, why are there so many family members? Oh, and they're like, also they... dir- they're also dirty and sweaty too. It's like, and, oh God. You know the the Henrietta. Um, <laughs> Played by Anne Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, ah, oh, you stole my joke. God damn it, <laughs> Henrietta. Is, okay, so they auditioned both of those women for that role, and they were like, just put both of them in. So it's like you're just adding these roles. <laughs> They're like, you're both great. Yeah. Like, why are there more killers than victims? But you know, whatever. Um, I think there's there are too many of them. I don't think they needed both of those women. I really do not. I think Henrietta would have just been enough. I don't think that the bigger lady adds to anything. Um, yeah. You don't even see her in the end. Uh, maybe she can't leave the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know who my favorite character is? Who? The baby. <laughs> <laughs> that little boy that they say is a little girl. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> little girl, she's mine. She's mine. You stole her! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, But I think... I like Jessica Biel's chase scene in the end. I do think it's almost too long. Okay. It's like, where in the world... Why is she in a... A meat factory. A meat factory that is supposed to be abandoned. But there's still meat in there. There's meat in there, but meat that's been taped up into bags <laughs> i don't know they're like some of the ideas are a little far-fetched that being one yeah i liked when she's also in that like abandoned house and it looks like she's in the uh me against the music music video with britney and madonna uh, when they're you know yeah. you know when they're like going they're like going through that little that hallway yes. with like the lights coming through the yes. wood the, the, i was like Ooh. The, the panels of wood yes <laughs> she should have went um it's me and me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, One of the things I don't like about this movie is the styling. I don't think they look like they're in the 70s. That they're in the what? In the 70s? The 70s. I don't see that at all. I think Pepper is the only one that looks like she might be in the 70s. But everyone else does not look like they're in the 70s. I know. Apparently Jessica Biel loved her costume, though. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? Huh? A tank top and a t- yeah. bootcut jeans, girl? Yeah, she was living. She was I like, thought they I could have given her bell bottoms. I know that they look ridiculous, but just something a little bit more flared out at the end. Kemper, played by Eric Balfour, he does just not look be, like he's in the seventies. He looks like he, yeah, he looks like he could just walk out of a fucking 
American Eagle. He looks like he just got off of work at the Jiffy Lube. <laughs> um, Andy is, does not look like he's in the 70s. And uh, Jonathan Tucker, yeah, his character also looks like he's from the 70s. So Eric, uh, Morgan, and Pepper, yes, good job on on them. But everyone else does not look like the 70s to me. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't... It's sort of... Yeah, there's, like, maybe that's like the criticism about like it's too Hollywood, you know? It's like, yeah, you know, they don't... They like didn't really go all the way. What do you think about them showing Leatherface's face? I don't like that. I don't think that it needed that. Neither do I. And I guess like, it's like a, a, a callback to um, a scene that they originally cut from one of the previous Texas Chainsaw films. But like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's sort of like, I don't want to see his face. I, I feel like that sort of humanizes she, him. Yeah. Human humanizes him too much. And they're like, he has a skin disease. Yeah, and they're like, the idea behind the scenes, they're like, the idea is that he had tumor growth on his face when he was little. He was bullied his whole life and cancer ate away at his face. I'm like, okay. what? First of all, what school I did have... he go to? Also, first of all, who the fuck is making fun of him? The other people in this town because they <laughs> the look other just kids? as fucked up. That look like <laughs> yeah. Jedediah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those are the people making fun of him. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? I'm all, let like, me see those kids. Um, no, it humanizes him because they say that Leatherface has no personality, and which is why he wears the masks. Like, that's what Marcus Dispel was saying. But I'm like, then why did you choose to show his face? Yeah, because I don't it know. Wasn't, it's sort of a- that wasn't, I, I felt bad for him because he looked like he was in distress. Like, he didn't want to do this. Like, he didn't. And even the, the actor that plays Leatherface said that he was playing Leatherface. Like, he knows what he's doing, he likes what he's doing. I'm like, he didn't look like it when he took his mask off. No, I like, didn't. <laughs> yeah, or when he chops his arm up. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think it's out oh of place. Oh my god. Yeah, and the amount of like whole limbs that are chopped off in this film, and people keep living on, is insane. Like the amount of blood loss that would happen if you got your entire <laughs> leg chopped off, and then your thigh, like from your thigh, you would bleed oh, out. Totally. And, like, Andy would have been dead by the time Aaron found yes. him. Yes. Uh, that's such a tragedy though because he's so cute. He is. He is. I I don't like the scene where she kills him. Like when she, he's like, Aaron, please oh, just that is crazy. First of all, you're gonna so he's like suspended from this meat hook with his leg chopped off and he's By like, a chainsaw nonetheless. Yeah, and he's like, Kill me please. So she opts to stab him. That In the would stomach. take that was, why I mean she that would take for, first of all so long to die from still yeah. and it would be agonizing that's not like a please put me out of my misery kind of you know mercy Shh. killing she's giving him no. she's just making no. make it worse yes and i love that he gets his leg sawed off by a chainsaw is hung yeah. from a meat hook has salt placed on his wound <laughs> is hanging there for hours with bacteria and water dripping all over him but a stab to the stomach is what takes him out yeah and he's like oh and now i'm dead yeah like, and oh, his oh, arms oh. and he just becomes limp i'm like wouldn't he just rip from the meat hook at this point <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> and also like at what point was morgan on the meat hook like oh because his like, back is opened yeah with yeah, his the, back is open but then he's still able to make it I mean, I feel like if I got meat hooked in the back, I don't know if I would be able to make it to the Britney Spears house. Oh, no. And I definitely wouldn't be able to play the piano with my toes. (laughs) (laughs) 
do they ever explain why they they murder everybody? Did I miss that? No, it's because it's not to eat them at this point. Yeah, that's they like, say that the cannibalism is implied. I don't see the implication. I don't think it's maybe those at all. pieces of meat hanging from the bed springs that are on the ceiling of the kitchen. I mean, maybe there's a lot of shit hanging in that house. There's ears, there's teeth everywhere. <laughs> there's a hand that has carpal tunnel. I mean, are they just hoarders and they just happen to hoard? body parts yeah like, like all of it like all of them are into this like i'll put crazy. that hand next to my lampshade i think it would look good over <laughs> yeah. there uh, yeah they're actually just <laughs> interior designers <laughs> and can you imagine how funny that would have been if they did like a mad tv scare or snl skit of like the the soy or the hewitt uh interior design <laughs> that's the sequel i would have wanted <laughs> yeah. Where they just they get found out, but they become celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> there are elements that could have been taken out, and they took out, I think, some gems that could have added to the stories and the characters. Like Erin, they cut out her being pregnant, and I don't understand why they took that out but they left in her turning down the weed and all that because that then doesn't make sense because she's not a prude right. we found out that she spent most of her youth in juvenile hall so she probably would be smoking weed <laughs> but she's pregnant and they 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 tore that out of the movie in the final edit yeah. and i'm like why did they do that because i feel like the audience would be more in they would root for her more to get out of there had they known she was pregnant and then she saves the baby at the end. I think that would have been a nice, they're all, nobody's going to believe she's pregnant in this, you know, crop top tank top without with her banging body. Yeah. Her banging body. Maybe she just like, found out. I mean, may, uh, that's true. But otherwise they, she... they paint her as a prude in the beginning and it, and, and then there, and then for what, because she's a juvenile delinquent. So I don't know why she would be a prude. I don't know. She's yeah, it's a, what it ends up being is just that she, final girl trope of I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't have sex, and I survived. Yeah, she yeah she is she's not very fleshed out. Like nobody in this movie is fleshed out, and I think like I think th I think I think there are I think the only person who's fleshed out besides the hip, the family because they're kind of but you're they're kind of a mystery is Pepper. Yeah, you know she's into astrology. Yeah, you know she was hitchhiking in El Paso. You know, yeah. she's a hippie. Like, she's super into synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's obviously very sensitive because she she seems to take it the hardest when that girl blows her head off. She is compassionate. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's definitely way more fleshed out than Aaron. And again, we find the secondary female character being the most interesting. What a shot. Yeah. Once again. The, yeah. The final girl. I love. I like the trope, but, like, they're not the good characters. Like, and they're not. No. And in the behind the scenes, they keep referring to Aaron as a tomboy, and I'm like, where in the hell did was that was that displayed? She's on a tomboy because she wears a tank top and she wears jeans. She wears a cowboy hat. She's wearing a cowboy hat, which I thought was for decoration. It didn't seem like it was something that she would naturally wear. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's actually a cowboy. She works on a cattle ranch. <laughs> I thought she was because she was going to the Skinner concert. <laughs> I mean, it probably was. I don't know. Um, so there are some things that I that I don't like, but overall, this movie gets fucking trashed. And I would compare it heavily to the reboot of Evil Dead in 2013. <gasps> no way! Yes, Evil Dead is so way. much better than this. 
Oh, so much better. Oh, it's so much better. No. I think they're equivalent. I do think that uh, I have more fun watching Evil Dead 2013. Okay. However, I appreciate the highs and lows of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even when it's boring, I still find it intriguing. And I have a lot of fun watching this movie. But I don't think that it deserves to be so trash. (laughs) Roger Ebert gave it like a zero stars. Zero stars. That's like unheard of. (laughs) Which it... But I'm like, really? I I mean, I, I don't think it deserves zero stars, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's... It, okay, so this reviewer, critic, or whatever, I think I wrote that his name was Jeremy Hailman. Um, he wrote when this movie came out, it might be dumbed down when compared to its predecessor, but gains an immeasurable amount of visceral impact as a result. And he gave it like seven out of ten stars. I thought that was the most accurate review no yeah i mean do you like the original more than this one honestly i'm probably gonna get my head cut off but i've only seen the original once and it was a quite a while ago i've honestly seen this movie way more i don't know maybe i just don't connect with the the texas chainsaw massacre franchise or something people are going to hate us no, I know. You know, those Sorry, old school y'all. horror fans, and I get it because it's like Scream to us. Like, our, the younger generation sure. will never appreciate Scream like we do because that is from our time. Yeah. This is from people's time. Like, those OG hardcore horror fans. Oh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw was probably part of their time. Halloween was probably part of their time. So not only right. do they get the, the pleasure of watching something that they grew up with, but they also get that thrill that they got back then but those movies well halloween has aged well uh texas chainsaw massacre 1978 or whatever whenever it came out um fuck i should know that but when that movie came out i mean that movie has not aged well at all the acting the nothing (laughs) nothing the only thing that's aged well from that movie is that final scene where she's taken off in the truck and she's oh, yeah. screaming but laughing at the same time. I've seen, I've seen that scene a lot. That has, like it's in everything. Yeah. That's a chilling scene. I really do like that one. And um, the girl with the red shorts, her outfit, that's aged well. But other than that, like the that movie has not aged well. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 is a movie that you could show to uh, a 16-year-old now and they would find it scary. And yeah. that movie was made 17 years ago. Do you think that in 1990... Oh, sorry. Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in 1974 because I thought about this. I'm like, okay, this was made 17 years ago, which is basically 20 years ago, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 came out. Sure. If you showed that to a young kid now that was into horror movies, they would be freaked out by it. If you showed a, a teenager in 1994 the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they would have laughed at it. It's so hard because, you know, of course we've made so much more advancement and special effects and technology and cinematography and, and how we consume things and how we are stimulated. Um, so I guess I do. Okay. I can see that 2003 would probably still hold up as far as like scare wise or like being, being more in your face. Um, I feel like maybe the older one probably still just has more. I know you said 2003 was more charming, but I would probably say the older one is probably more technically charming just because of, True. you know, it was like very low, very, very low budget. They made like, gold out of 
dirt. Oh, yes, exactly. And so, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel it's, like as horror fans, we naturally have an appreciation for those movies, whether we like them course. or not, because they of course. segued into what we, who we are. Right. Of course. Like, like there's something to be said about um, appreciating older horror movies that aren't necessarily like things that would scare us nowadays. Like we have, we've, we've come, like I said, we've come so far in what, in what we need to scare us as horror movie fans. Right. But you know, there's still something to be appreciated and that there's, um, we appreciate what it did, the legacy, the legacy these movies left behind as far as like Halloween, like you show so many Halloween nowadays, they're probably not going to have the, you know, they're like, Oh, this is like an old movie from the seventies. Like I don't, yeah, this does. This isn't what's going to stimulate me. But as like a horror movie fan and somebody who knows the story of Halloween or knows the story behind the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, yeah. we still appreciate we appreciate these things on a deeper level. Yeah, and so um, I don't I, I don't know. You know, I don't think 2003 will uh, will probably experience that same thing. But uh, I don't I don't hate this movie. I do I I no, yeah. do think what it does it does well. Um, but I, uh, I well, don't know. I, it's, I guess that's the same thing I can say about the original too. It's like, yeah, that's what true. it does. It does well, but it's not the best. And when you even think about those 70 slashers that were great. Yeah. They, you see black Christmas, Halloween, yeah. Texas chainsaw. And those are like the granddaddy slashers. But right. my least favorite of the three is the Texas chainsaw massacre. I, yeah, of those three, that would be. I would watch too. Halloween and Black Christmas any day over Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, favorite parts? You said your favorite. Oh, you said your favorite part. My favorite part is yeah, Aaron and Pepper in the van. I think my favorite part. What I think that the film does do well is I re- I do really like, and I and I know they sort of have the same sort of thing in the original, like the narrator sort of thing. Yes. I really like the beginning and the and the ending, like. The book ends. I think. I think that's the creepiest part to me. Is that sort of like found footagey yes. moment? Uh, I think that's actually it, the strongest thing that this film does. And had it been more like that, like that, I think maybe that would have scared me a little more. Because yes. I don't know. That there's something about like, like relating these like crazy stories to like true events that I don't know that that thing always really creeps inspired me out inspired by a true story yes yeah, like that like that should all like you know the strangers did that too and it's like oh like it obviously these movies are not based on anything necessarily right. specific but like there's something about that that always uh, it works me. as a marketing yeah. tool it works because I remember oh, absolutely I had I a fe- t-shirt I- from Hot Topic of the poster from the original Texas Chainsaw because not because I was a poser, but because <laughs> they did not on. have a 2003 shirt. So ah. I was wearing that and somebody in my class in high school, it was like ninth grade said, um, why are you wearing that? You know, that's a true story, right? I'm like, okay, sweetie. Yeah. The Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre is a true story, but there was no massacre, no chainsaw, and it did not happen in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Told that little bitch. Yeah, even Michael Bay says, like, um, and, you know, because it had those elements of um, Ed Gein, I was like, that's going to be our, that's going to be our angle um, inspired by a true story. I'm like, what a, what a, uh, okay. what a mess, but sure. Yeah, it yeah, works. but dude, I bought into it. I, I was like those moments. So, yeah, that's my favorite part. So, um, listeners, if you uh, 
we, I want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about Texas Chainsaw 2003? This is, you know, I we've we've kind of explored both ends. Why people say it's positive, why people say it's negative. What do you guys think at home? I want to hear what you well, have to I'll say. Well, I'll tell you what one of them thinks. They they commented on our Instagram. They said that they you gained a follower when Frankie said that one oh. of his favorite movies was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Okay, well, yeah, somebody's got your back. Someone, uh, ha- someone, whoever that was, I wish I would have looked up their name before we started. But yes, <laughs> I love you, and we it's just, we'll have coffee and talk about this movie <laughs> because no one, no, no one knows what I'm talking about. No one sees what I see. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whatever. I, <laughs> this movie's <laughs> I like the beginning and the end. <laughs> I'm like this part and this part, and you're like, yeah. So <laughs> I like the br- I like the bread. I don't like the what's in the middle of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's a good place to leave this off. Hey, um, for those of you back home, I know I said this last week, but hey, please leave us a like, a comment, a subscribe. Tell us how we're doing. You know. And tell us what movies we should talk about. Yeah, literally every we sort of we sort of have the year mapped out, but I mean that's kind of gone out the wayside. Yeah. So so it's open season. Tell us what you want to hear about. Oh, I just punched the wall next to me. Damn, there's a <laughs> hole in it now. <laughs> yeah, so let us know what you want us to do. We want to hear from you. So um, yeah, give us a comment if you want to find our Instagram. We are at Fear the Talking Queers, and on Twitter we are at. Fear TT Queers. Or also, we're at feartheTalkingQueers at gmail.com. I know oh, podcasts yes. are very popular with their email correspondence. Yeah, I which I just found out recently, too. So, yeah, if you want to send us an email, why not? It's better than the spam emails. Yeah, literally feartheTalkingQueers at gmail.com. Spelled exactly how it sounds. I hope you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. I think it is time for us to girl yes thanks for listening to me talking about this <laughs> do you want to do the honor since it's been a few weeks it's been a couple weeks yeah okay ready um <clears throat> sweet screams bitch <laughs> Ooh, that was sultry <laughs> i know i felt so cute <laughs> <laughs> all right bye, bye.